Hey, welcome to Crosswalk Church. Today, Phil Bischoff, youth minister and director of outreach at Crosswalk, is bringing you a teaching. So head over to crosswalkphoenix.com, click on the Listen tab, and there you can find today's notes. And now, here's Phil Bischoff. So for me, growing up, family drama wasn't about ice cream. It was about getting shotgun in the car. Okay, you know what shotgun is? It's where you fight over the front seat. And the worst was my two older sisters would team up on me. They'd, like one of them would like hit me and the other one would go and get, and get the front seat. And so that's why my 10-month-old son, Oliver, I'm training him already in self-defense because he has two older sisters. So I'm training him on that. Um, you know, ice cream and then, and then shotgun, which were real family drama for us. Th- those are things, you know, that we kind of laugh of when it comes to family drama. But I think we all would agree that in our lives there is family drama that's no laughing matter, right? Bitter arguments, shouting matches, grudges that we hold for a long time, manipulation, betrayal, abuse. You see, family drama, if we really think about it, it's over resources. Now, we talked about ice cream and, and, and shotgun at the front seat. Those are type of resources, things you feel you need or things that are important to you. But if we really dig deep with family drama, we're talking about resources that are much deeper. Listen to these. Resources like love, forgiveness, acceptance, belonging, self-worth, security, peace. Family drama is really over these things, if, if we think about it, and we'll see that in today's story. We all have a deep need for these things. And really, if you think about it, we are searching for these things in everything that we do. It's why, if you've ever noticed how family drama can sometimes erupt over seemingly small things, has that ever happened to you? Something really small, and then, where did that come from? When I was 17, um, we had dial-up internet. That's family drama in itself. If you remember dial-up, someone called in. If someone called when you were on dial-up, they'd get a busy signal, Right? And also when I was 17, my mom was helping me um, search for colleges, okay? So one night, I'm waiting a phone call from the prom committee, because I'm on student council, okay? Really important position, and a really important phone call, and I'm I'm waiting by the phone, and it's not coming. They told me they call at 7, and it's like 8 p.m., and so I go in my mom's room, and she's on the internet, didn't matter that she was actually doing research for me and my college. I blew up. Mom, they're trying to call, and if, you know, and if, 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 they, if they don't hear the call, then they're going to think I'm not dependable, and, and then I'm going to be off student council, and then, you know, and then the domino effect, and then the world's going to blow up, and, right? And, and so we think, and my mom's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, what, what, what's this coming from? And, and really... Like, we laugh, and it's good, but really, if, if, if I think about it, it, it's because I was really thinking about kind of love and acceptance and self-worth, and I didn't realize how much I had it tied up in being on that student council, right? And so if I couldn't have that phone call, it was getting, I, wasn't, I was looking for love and acceptance in my student council too much, and that phone call was kind of evidence of it. So when that phone call didn't come in, 
family drama ensued. See, here's the deal, is that if we don't first turn to God for those resources, okay, love, forgiveness, acceptance, belonging, and we all need those, we all need those. If we don't first turn to God, we're forced to turn to ourselves for those things as the source or to other people. And we quickly learn that human beings are limited. God is a limitless God, but we quickly learn, man, we run out of forgiveness and patience and love and kindness very quickly. And our loved ones, as much as we, as we love them, we know they run out of it too. We're limited because God tells us we're sinful. God is a limitless God, but, but we have to admit that we are, are limited. And, and if we keep pursuing these things through ourselves and not look to God, our limitless God, we, we pursue these things in damaging ways, okay? We, we pursue these things and family drama comes up because now we get angry because we want these deep needs, but we don't turn to God, so we turn to others and we get angry or we manipulate people. I'm gonna use someone to get what I need. We, we manipulate and try to control people, right? Or we might deny that we, I don't, I don't I'm, I'm a tough guy. I don't need love and forgiveness and self-worth. And I, I, we, we deny it. Or we check out. You ever have been in a situation where someone in the family just checked out? And by check out, man, it can be you self-medicate. Drugs, alcohol, pornography, there's a lot of things. You can, you can check out by physically leaving. You can check out by the silent treatment. Right? Is that when we try and get these deeply held needs and resources, right? Resources that we need from God by ourselves or other people, this is what happens. You know, in myself, when I get home from work, sometimes I'm so tapped out that um, I, I, I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm just tired from, from the day and I'm thinking, I don't have any more love or forgiveness or patience left to give my family, right? And so when I'm feeling tapped out, is, is the answer then I just have to limit how much of those things I give to other people? So I can only give a, a certain amount, you know, if, if there's a limited amount of resources that God can give me, this is called scarcity mentality, by the way, where you think God only has so much stuff he can give you and we forget that he's limitless and has abounding love for us. When we, when we think God is limited, now we think I can only give so much of that, and so when I, when I come home, I can't pour myself out. Is, is that the answer? We gotta limit it? I know what the answer isn't. The answer isn't trying to generate those things in my own heart or, or try, and, try and have my wife or my kids be the source of my happiness. When I do that, then family drama comes out. But here's the deal. We're gonna see this story in Jacob. There is hope. There is hope for you. There is hope for family drama, whether you're the instigator or whether you're the recipient. We've been going through this series in Jacob, and here we are, and we see Jacob and Laban today have ugly family drama, okay? If you're for my generation, I would call this Jerry Springer-type drama, okay? If you're younger, sorry, I'll tell you later. If you're my, this is Jerry Springer type ugly family drama, okay? If you think your family is messed up, feel better because Jacob, um, ugly family drama. So, 
And here's the hope. Jacob learned that God is a God of abundance. We're gonna see this. God's a God that he's not limited. If we turn to him for these things, he will absolutely give them to us. And he is the giver of all resources. I'm gonna say them again. You're gonna hear these. Love, forgiveness, acceptance, belonging, self-worth, security, peace. Think about those things. Those are things we all need and we can only go to God really for the source of those. And God's generosity, I'm gonna show you this, is a family drama killer. You wanna kill family drama? Tap into God's generosity of all these things. All right. So let's start with Genesis chapter 30, and we're gonna see this, okay? Now, Pastor Jeff talked last week about how this is a weird story. Get re- it's gonna get weirder, okay? This story's gonna get weirder. But let's start with Genesis 30, and we're gonna, we're gonna read this. It says, after Rachel gave birth to Joseph, Jacob said to Laban, send me on my way so I can go back to my own homeland. Give me my wives and children for whom I have served you and I will be on my way. You know how much work I've done for you. But Laban said to him, if I have found favor in your eyes, please stay. I have learned by divination that the Lord has blessed me because of you. He added, name your wages and I'll pay them. Now we go to verse 31. What shall I give you? He asked. Laban asked again. Don't give me anything, Jacob replied. But if you will do this one thing for me, I will go on tending your flocks and watching over them. So Jacob's looking for kind of a natural stage in life, looking for independence, start things with his own family. And he's been working 14 years in tough conditions for Laban to get his two wives. Remember I said this is a weird story, okay? To get his two wives, Leah and Rachel, okay? And Laban, as we see, Laban sees Jacob as a cash cow. He looks at Jacob and only sees dollar signs. He doesn't want Jacob to leave, and so he offers a blank check, right? And at first, first Jacob says he doesn't want anything. I don't want anything, but then he changes his mind. Do you see that? And he says, you know what? I just want one little thing. And this is where it kind of gets kind of weird. He tells Laban that um, he's watching his flocks and all, all that he wants are the spotted goats and spotted sheep, okay, and the dark colored lambs. So Jacob's taking care of Laban's flocks. That's how they had money and stuff, right? And Laban says, all I want, or sorry, Jacob says, all I want are the, uh, the spotted goats, the spotted lambs, and, and the, or the dark-colored lambs, okay? Now, here's the deal. Those were the most rare, okay, out of all of the flocks, okay? It just, it, it, most of the, the, the sheep and goats were solid in color, okay, or, or, or white in color. It would be like this. Let's say you, you work at Burger King. You go to your employer, and you say, hey, you know, all you have to pay me with is if anyone pays with a $2 bill, that's my only payment, okay? If anyone pays with a $2 bill today, I'll take that as my payment. What's your employer gonna say? Deal, right? How many $2, great, you get two bucks today or zero because no one pays with a $2 bill. That's what Laban was thinking. The spotted goats and the dark colored lambs were like $2 bills, they're just very rare. So Laban's like, deal, okay? He's thinking he's gonna, 
uh, really, really get the good end of it. But here's the weird story, and I'm going to call this weird supernatural selective breeding. Okay, you got to read it in chapter 30. But what happens is, and it's because of God, but Jacob gets all of these rare rare animals. There's lots of, of spotted goats, lots of dark colored lambs. And so it's kind of like $2 bills started showing up all over the place. Okay, everyone's paying with a $2 bill. So he has all of these animals and that's how wealth was, uh, came up. He has all these animals. So Laban's confused, but Jacob, see, Jacob is still being deceptive and he knew what he was doing. Okay. So look at our next verses. It says, so the weak animals went to Laban and the strong ones went to Jacob. And in this way, the man grew exceedingly prosperous and came to own large flocks and female and male servants and camels and donkeys. In the blank, you can write, the fear of being left empty-handed caused Laban and Jacob to use each other and instigate ugly family drama. I want you to circle empty-handed. You see, this looks like it's about money, but it's not about money. You know, money is often tied to deeper resources, those things we talked about, right? And lots of family drama seems like it's over money, right? Have you ever had family drama and it's over money? Chances are it's tied to love or, or belonging. And... Like one example is I remember my, my, my sister had a friend in high school and sometimes we turned to money to cope with family drama or drama in our lives. And this friend of hers, uh, her boyfriend broke up with her and so immediately she went out and spent $500 that she didn't have on shoes. Is it because the shoes were so awesome? Some ladies might say, yes, those shoes. But really it was because she was she was feeling out of love and out of, uh, out of hope and self-worth. So she thought that those shoes and the way she looked in them was gonna make her feel the way that only God really can make you feel. And so that's why money can kind of hide that it's really not about the money. Family drama comes really because of these other resources. So back to Laban, though, it's back to Laban. What was his problem? Insecurity. He didn't trust God. He, he was looking to Jacob as his security. If Jacob leaves, I'm hopeless. That's what he was thinking. How many times do we sometimes put that on someone in our family? If, if they aren't around, if they leave, that I have no hope. And it's not that you don't love them, or, but, but Jacob was, or Laban was putting Jacob up here where he, he should have put God. And, and we tend to do that with our family sometimes. We're gonna be left empty-handed, okay? Now, Jacob's a little different story because he was gonna leave, right? But an opportunity came up to stick it to Laban. He had been, he had been tortured for 14 years working for his father-in-law who was a jerk to him, and now he sees a way that he can finally get something. He's not gonna leave empty-handed, And unfortunately, he spent six more years in that torture and he has to flee with his family because he wanted to stick it to Laban. Instead of leaving and and trusting God, he's like, I gotta, and we do that, don't we, sometimes, is we gotta stick it to someone and we don't realize that it's gonna hurt us. So 
I hope it's clear that family drama by this story is often caused by our fear of being left empty-handed. And so, and then what we try and do is, in, in some way, we're reacting out of that fear. So let's continue. Jacob heard that, uh, in the next verses here, Jacob heard that Laban's sons, what they were saying, Jacob has taken everything our father owned and has gained all this wealth from what belonged to our father. And Jacob noticed that Laban's attitude toward him was not what it had been. Circle that. Jacob's, as soon as the cash cow left, right, Laban wasn't getting what he wanted from Jacob and his attitude changed. Now we go to verse 14 because now Rachel and Leah have their turn. Rachel and Leah replied, do we still have any share in the inheritance of our father's estate? Does he not regard us as foreigners? Not only has he sold us, but he has used up what was paid for us. They're feeling used by their dad, and so now they're feeling entitled. Look at verse 16. Surely all the wealth that God took away from our father belongs to us and our children. So do whatever God has told you, Jacob. If we need to leave right now, we're going to leave. With scarcity mentality, and again, that's that God only has limited stuff, right? Family drama blows up, right? Laban's sons get jealous. We have jealousy in our families, right? Laban turns a cold shoulder as soon as he stops getting what he wants from Jacob. Rachel and Leah feel betrayed, and so they feel entitled. And everybody's claiming all these resources, Do we see this kind of stuff happening today and, and in our own families? It happens all the time. Here's what I want you to write in the next blank. A misguided view of where everything we have comes from and why God gives it to us leads to jealousy, bitterness, entitlement, and separation. Now, We've got to define, we've got to talk about the where and, and the why, okay? Where does everything we have, everything, money and those deeper things, love, forgiveness, self-worth, those deep needs, where does everything come from? From God who loves us and is limitless and, and sent Jesus for us and has forgiven us, okay? That's what God tells us. We have unlimited supply. Why does God give us these resources? So that, because he loves us and he cares about us. He loved Jacob, he loved Laban. And so he gives us resources because he loves us and because he wants us to reflect that love to other people and invest that, those resources in them to point to Christ. Now, so far, everyone in this account of Jacob and Laban, where did they really think all their resources came from? Themselves or another person. And you see how looking to someone who's limited yourself or another person, family drama is gonna come there because you, you, we're not, we're sinful. We can't be where, where God, where God is and where God's supposed to be. And if you look at their hearts too, why, why did they feel that they had these resources? For their own benefit. They, they weren't thinking that these were from God out of thanks. No, this is for me. This is mine. I'm going to hold on tightly. And we see what happens. Now, God shows up. 
and God's always been there. And here we see the hope. Here we see the grace. Here we see the joy. Get ready for this because it's awesome. There's a lot of tying pieces here. So if you're like, oh man, I get it. Family drama is rough. God's intervention is the solution. God shows up in a big way. Look at our next verses here. The angel of God said to me in the dream, Jacob, I answered, here I am. So Jacob's telling Leah and Rachel about this dream he had, okay? And the angel of God said, look up and see all the male goats mating with the flock that are streaked, speckled, or spotted. For I have seen all that Laban has been doing to you. I am the God of Bethel, where you anointed a pillar and where you made a vow to me. Now leave this land at once and go back to your native land. Now the angel of God refers to the son of God before he took on human form. If you've got questions about that, come find me after the service. First, here's what the angel of God, here's what God says. Jacob, you thought all these goats and sheep were from you? <laughs> they were from me the whole time. You, you thought you were manipulating? Jacob, I see you. I love you, I care for you, I have unlimited supply, I'm the king of the $2 bill, they're gonna show up. And then, where he says, I'm the God of Bethel, this is, this is amazing. Because this is what changes Jacob. This is because he, he, I think he really sees, man, God is good at his word. Because if you remember Bethel, Okay, a couple weeks ago, we talked about this story where Jacob's running from, his, he's running again, he's running from his brother Esau, okay? And he's in the wilderness and he finds a rock for his pillow and he's down on his luck and he has this dream and God shows up to him in this dream where it's a staircase and there's angels going up to heaven and angels coming down and God says, Jacob, I am here for you. I love you, and I'm going to supply all your needs. See these angels? They're taking care of you, brother. And Jacob knew it, and he woke up, and he knew God was there and he, it, because God came to him in, in, through his word. And so, he, and so Jacob makes a vow, but it really wasn't like, uh, it, it was a vow in this way of Jacob basically said, God, I know you're here. I know you're going to take care of me. When, when you bring me back here, God, I'm going on an adventure, but when you bring me back, even if I just have the clothes on my back and food in my stomach, I will give you praise and I know that you are God and, and I will be generous to you because you've shown me you love me. Okay, that was 20 years ago that Jacob said that. God shows up and says, I'm the God of Bethel. Jacob, I've been with you for all 20 years, brother. And you're going back to your father with way more than just food in your stomach and clothes on your back. Look at all what you have. I love you and I'm an abundant God. And Jacob was starting to see this. If I trust in God who's, who's abundance for me, he just loves me so much and I'm gonna look to him for all those needs. He delivers. He delivers on his promises. Now, even with that dream, Jacob, Jacob still is a little deceptive, and he, run, he runs away without telling Laban, okay? 
but it's kind of tough to run away when you've got hundreds of animals and tons of kids and, and servants, right? That's not a good, like, let's go. Come on, Junior. Like, no, it's not going to work. So Laban finds out that Jacob's fleeing, and he goes after him, and Laban's mad. Laban is still stuck in the scarcity mentality. He's still angry. He goes after him. He catches up with him, and he's mad. Even, again, a weird story. His daughter, Rachel, stole one of his foreign gods. You know, some, we steal from our family sometime, and that causes anger, right? So he's angry. He comes, and then he has this pity party. He goes to, to Jacob, and he's like, Oh, listen, you, you know, you stole my family and I treated you so nicely and everything was so great. What happened? Jacob's like, are you kidding me? Everything was, like Jacob, if, if heads exploded, Jacob's head was about to explode. Like, here's what he says. Listen, listen to these words here. Jacob's talking to Laban. This was my situation, Laban. You think it was great? The heat consumed me in the daytime and the cold at night, and sleep fled from my eyes. It was like this for the 20 years I was in your household, 20 years of family drama. I worked for you 14 years for your two daughters and six years for your flocks, and you changed my wages 10 times. But here's the deep breath. If the God of my father, the God of Abraham, the fear of Isaac had not been with me, you would surely have sent me away empty-handed. Jacob knew he was not empty-handed because of God. It was coming clear to him that in his anger, though, he, he was like, okay, I gotta look, man. I, I thought I was gonna go empty-handed, but you have given me so much. And maybe some of you can relate to Jacob. Maybe you've been through family drama that has seemed to last for 20 years and maybe it has lasted 20 years or longer, and you're tired, and you're worn, and you, and you feel deceived, and maybe you've even caused, caused others pain, and you admit that, like Jacob did, right? We, we give pain, and other people hurt us, and maybe you're like Jacob, where here, when he came out with this emotion, he was admitting on his own power, he had no peace left. He had no patience left. He had no love left. He had no forgiveness left. He had no hope left on his own power. But God was changing Jacob through his promises. If you're like Jacob, going through family drama, Verse 42, again, if God of my father, the God of Abraham, had not been with me, you surely would have sent me away empty-handed. Jacob knew he not only had abundance of stuff, but he had an abundance of what he was looking for all along. And what he was looking for was, was acceptance and, and love and value and identity and a purpose and these deep needs that we, we think we can get from other places. But Jacob was realizing, I had it the whole time because I had the promise of a savior. I'm in the line of the savior. What a privilege that is, that, that Jesus is gonna come and, and he has come and lived and died for us so that we can go to heaven and we're children of God. And it's all coming clear to Jacob in, in those promises because he was now getting those things from God Almighty, who's the endless supplier of every good thing. Friends, you have 
those things too. You have an endless supplier of every good thing. It's there for you through his son, Jesus Christ. You have the king of the $2 bill, the king of everything on your side. In, in the blank, you can write this. God abundantly delivers on his promises in his timing. As you're going through this family drama and as this pain, the pain's not necessarily gonna go away as it didn't for Jacob. And that's why in his timing is so important that God is reminding you and reminding us that as you're in your pain, his resources are still limitless. Every day he's got more patience for you. Every day he's got more love for you. Every, and we tap into God's generosity through Christ. It's not going away. All right, so let's continue. So these verses... Now it's towards the ending. Laban answered Jacob here, so the next verses. So Laban's talking to Jacob, right? Laban's mad, and so now he kind of realizes, Laban's realizing, I can't do much. Laban says, the the women are my daughters, the children are my children, the flocks are my flocks. He's still in scarcity mentality, thinking everything's his and not God's. Do you see that? All you see is mine. Mine. Yet what can I do today about these daughters of mine or about the children they have born? He's still feeling hopeless. Come now, let's make a covenant, you and I, and let it serve as a witness between us. See, Jacob was wanting God to be a judge because when you think that that by your own efforts and, and, and resources are yours because of you, you want God to judge because you want everything to be even because there's a limited supply so you don't want people to get more than you if it's limited. So, so Laban was like, God, judge, judge Jacob. Make sure he doesn't get more than me. But look at Jacob. Jacob took an oath in the name of the fear of his father Isaac. And that's so cool is he's trusting the God of the promise. Fear, the respect, the almighty God who's gonna send the savior. And look what he does. He offered a sacrifice there in the hill country and invited his relatives to a meal. God changed Jacob's heart. Jacob was starting to find himself, find himself in Christ, find himself resting in God's goodness and abundance. If you see that out of that abundance, what does Jacob do? When we tap into God's generosity, his love and forgiveness, Jacob, he, he sacrifices to God here, okay? So he gives to God. He's like, God, you were with me the whole time. And that's what happens is when we see God's generosity, we want to naturally be generous back. God, you'll keep giving me what I need and I'm going to give to you. And then he throws a family meal. So he gives to other people. And here's what blows my mind. So Jacob's generous to people once he sees God's generosity to him and he invites Laban and the other guys to this meal. Laban, who's, who's been with him 20 years and has been a jerk to him and these other guys who are about to kill him and he says, hey, come, come have some food. That's because Laban was, or Jacob was resting in his identity as a child of God and he, he was so filled up with the love of God that he, he wanted to pour out even to his enemies. Do you see that, that, that the hope there for family drama is when we tap in to God's generosity and God's love, his is the power. 
we, we can do more than all we ask or imagine through Christ. We, God will slay our family drama through, through him. Wherever you're at with family drama, friends, if you're in the middle of it, if you still have scars, God will not leave you empty-handed. He will not leave you empty-handed. He has every resource you need in Christ. Here's how I want to end. We're going to put some verses that aren't on your sheet there from the book of Ephesians. Pastor Jeff went through the last of these. And I was going to have you read them with me, but, but they're, it's kind of a long, but I want you to just soak this in, baby. Verse 14, here's what it says. For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. We're connected through our Father. Our families are connected. And I pray that out of his glorious riches, underline, or sorry, you can't underline it. Highlight it, Brian, highlight it. no. Out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have the power together with all the Lord's holy people, here we go, to grasp how wide, how long, how high, how deep is the love of Christ. God has all you need, brothers and sisters, in his son, how wide and high and deep he has everything you need. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, it's more than I can imagine, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. God fills us up so we can pour out. We don't have to rest on ourselves to pour out. God, fill me up with your love and I'm gonna keep pouring out because you're gonna keep filling me up because of Christ. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work in us, his power at work in us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. And you say it with me, amen. I want you to fill in your last blank. God's generosity results in our peace you looking for peace? Look no further than the generous things God promises us. God's generosity results in our peace and generosity. God's generosity is a family drama killer. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, it's a fact of life. Every single person in this room has been through family drama. We're sinful, Lord. We know that. We're limited. But God, you have shown us in your word that you are a limitless God, that you took Jacob from this deceiver to someone who's going to rest fully in your promises. And he's still, Lord, as we see, he still has struggles like we do. But Lord, let us keep tapping into your word where we find your promises Lord, you give us all that we need, more that we can ask or imagine. And I pray for every family in this room, every family in our community, Lord, that they, that they know this, that they believe it, and that they base their lives on your generosity, Lord. Your generosity of love and forgiveness changes us. It gives us, it changes our eternity. We know where we're going. 
and it helps us to, to slay our family drama. Lord, we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So before we close, if you would like to hear more, head over to crosswalkphoenix.com or come and see us. Services are held on the campus of Cesar Chavez High School at 41st Avenue and Baseline on Sundays at 9 and 11 a.m. Visit our website for directions. And now some closing thoughts from Phil Bischoff. And what better closing thought than God's got this. He's, he's got your family. You, you're going through family drama. It's painful and, and everything's not figured out, but Jesus is figured out. Je- Jesus loves you and he, and he died for you. And, 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 and trust in that. And that's your identity. And live from that, brothers and sisters. Let me send you out with the Lord's blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with his favor and grant you his peace. Have a great day, everyone, in the Lord.